0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory second episode of the week. And uh, I am joined, as always, by my two pals. We'll start here. Find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Matty Lane, how we doing this fine day?
2: Man, I'm doing great. Big news happened today with the Chiefs. They have signed Michael Hunter, cornerback. Played for the Giants and, like, 18 other teams previously. But the fun fact about Michael Hunter, that now makes... The amount of cornerbacks for the Chiefs that have played in even a preseason football game are now Michael Hunter, Bashad Breeland, Kendall Fuller, Charvarius Ward, and DeMontre Wade. You know how many that is? That's five cornerbacks on the roster that have wow. played in a single preseason game in the NFL. You know what else about five? That's a good number. It's a number of stars <laughs> in a review you should leave for the AP Laboratory podcast on your listening platform. Well, that's iTunes. I really don't know where else people listen to podcasts, to be honest with you guys. So iTunes or anywhere else that you listen. Craig, do you yeah. have any other great ideas where people listen to these podcasts where they could leave a five-star review?
3: Uh, let's see. Uh, Stitcher, uh, Did, Google Play. they even let's have five-star reviews, Whatever you, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't know do. I, I don't think they do. I don't think
2: they do. I mean, if you really have four or five just appreciate quarterbacks you that guys have played in a the preseason game, do you really have any cornerbacks? No, it's see, the analogy works across every platform.
1: Uh, they have one less cornerback now because Tremont Smith is switching from cornerback to running back. And guys, the the Chiefs have a cornerback problem. And we'll talk a little bit about that later because I have some stuff I wanna I wanna bring up there. But if you are moving from cornerback to running back in this cornerback room. You are not a cornerback. You never have been a cornerback, and you had zero chance of being a cornerback. It is it is a bad look, in my opinion, that Tremont Smith is switching to running back. Maddie, uh, are you at all surprised about this move?
2: I mean, I'm surprised that Tremont Smith is getting moved to the other side of the football. Yes, am I surprised that he's not cutting it as a cornerback in the NFL? Not particularly. I think he is a return man. That is going to be his job in the NFL. He's going to be a gunner. He's going to be a return man. That's what he's going to do in the NFL. So whether you want to stash him as a cornerback, as a running back, I don't think it matters. To me, this is just a way to get his name out there in another capacity besides just cornerback for the rest of the NFL before he is eventually cut when the Chiefs are going down to 53 men.
3: You know, guys, I I wanted to bring this up real quick because I did a little digging on Tremont Smith. Do you guys know in the past 30 years how many players have transitioned from cornerback to running back and played in any game? Whether that be special teams, any snaps like that. Do you guys have any clue how many players in the last 30 years have accomplished that feat? No. It's zero. There are wow. zero players. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken,
2: the Cardinals that. a couple years ago had a guy that went from running back to cornerback, though.
3: Yes, absolutely. That did happen, but not the other way around. Here's another thing in the last 30 years, how many people have gotten snaps played in actual regular season games that were six foot zero or taller? That's Tremont Smith's height. Or 190 pounds or smaller, that's Tremont Smith's weight. There are five. Wow. Five total guys ever who have done that. Guys guys his size do not make it as running backs. And guys coming from cornerback do not make it as running backs. I, this move is baffling to me. I don't understand it. I think it's simply a way for Tobe to try and find a home for the returner that he wants to keep. And see, this is exactly what I think it is. I think it is Dave Tobe
1: and his short shorts (laughs) going out and saying, okay, how can I keep Tremont Smith on this roster? I really think this is a sneaky play, and this is why I'm a little bit scared that the Chiefs are going to burn a 53-man roster spot on running back Tremont Smith. Specifically, so Dave Katobe can keep one of his specialty bursts.
2: So you're saying that this I, is like Dave Tobe's version of Cordell Stewart, nicknamed Backslash. Oh, God, Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. I and think that's all, exactly. a long
2: con to get Backslash onto the Chiefs' active 53 <laughs> man roster.
1: This is like an inside joke that we told Maddie he could never say because then we would lose our minds and we would lose it on the show. I think Craig actually is losing it.
3: I'm losing
2: it. (laughs) Well, let me bring it back because I did want to mention that Craig talked about five players that have been over six foot tall and under 190 pounds to play running back. One of them is Tyrone Montgomery who played wide receiver in college. Do not confuse that for Ty Montgomery, who also played wide receiver in college and then transitioned to running back. He's actually shorter than that. Just in case confusion is out there, there is a Tyrone Montgomery and a Ty Montgomery. So I think I successfully brought us back on track. So can't uh, take no. it away.
3: Craig's still dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the only guy who's really, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the only guy who's really done anything is Joe McKnight in recent history Chiefs and legend, he, he, he was, I mean, he had 505 yards rushing in his career. That was 12 yards a game. And he was a running back in college. This he wasn't making a transition. He was already a running back in college. Dave Tobe is 100% trying to sneak somebody in on the sly. I think that Steve Spagnolo called his bluff. Like I, I think that Steve was told the number of corners that he can keep and and he said, "All right, no, well, we can't have Tremon then." And so Dave ooh. panicked. And this and is like a this is a house of cards theory I, here. I, and for what I, it's
2: worth, I, Joe McKnight was 5'11", 198 at the combine, if I'm not mistaken. So he's even just outside these thresholds. Yeah.
3: Ooh. See, he's listed at uh, six foot one ninety okay. on Pro Football Reference, so that's where I came up with my numbers. By the way, shout I mean, out to Pro never Football Reference. I'm just throwing
2: slander on your numbers now. No, I yeah. just happened to look it up because I remember I like Joe McKnight. I thought he was a decent player, good special teamer. Mm-hmm. Special
1: teamer is the emphasis. Yeah. or I cr- the, are, if this is the best tinfoil hat session we've ever had? Is Dave Tobe Frank Underwood?
3: Yes. Except not with the Kevin Spacey no, yeah, icky yeah, stuff no. off the field. I <laughs> said Frank
1: Underwood, not Kevin Spacey, okay?
3: How many
2: returners does Is Toad it? think you can put on the field at one time? Like, does he think he can field I think six? we're about to find out, Matt. <laughs> just We're going to find just out. Just no blockers. You just have ten return men and then one guy just up front just in case it's a fake?
3: I mean, how awesome would it be if Steve Spagnolo put his foot down? Like, if Steve said, nah, this ain't happening, and overruled Dave Tobe. I mean, well, I don't know. There, there's only one way to solve this, guys. We got to get Dave Tobe and his short shorts on the podcast.
2: i will got to limb here I, and say that it was not uh, Britt Reed's idea to transition from D-line coach, and he transitioned from D-line coach when Steve Spagnuolo <laughs> took over. So Steve Spagnuolo putting his foot down. There might be something there.
1: There, you might be right. I mean, this, this, I, I, this is probably one of my favorite eight minutes of podcasting we've ever done because we were able to compare Dave Tobe to, uh, to a, a sneaky politician,
3: which <laughs> if he gets that's results, true, he gets results. Like we, Dave is good at what he does.
1: Yeah, he's the best but in the then Frank Zabo gets to hang around longer, so. Frank Underwood, Frank Zombo. I mean, I think we I think we've made a connection you, here. Regents. Speaking of the cornerback position and who you know how, who they're able to keep and how many they're able to keep, uh, I we had we had a long conversation this week already about the cornerback position. I went and dove in and looked at basically every team, every team's cornerback situation, and tried to find. Some spare parts, some potential guys that could be moved on from, some guys that may not make a ton of sense from a from a significant asset standpoint. From you know, you know, I'm not looking at Pat P right now. I'm not looking at uh, Josh Norman. I'm looking at some smaller scale moves at the cornerback position. I could only come up with four, and none of them seem that great, guys. Uh, let's start with these. The the two best. Players, one of these two might make sense, but doesn't completely. Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis are battling in Dallas for the slot corner position. Jordan Lewis lost his starting spot last year, only played about 17% of the snaps last season. Anthony Brown, um, is—he he played a lot more. I think he wound up winning that slot, and they're battling right now. But obviously, we know Kendall Fuller's kind of slated to be that corner or that slot corner position, but would Jordan Lewis or Anthony Brown, Maddie, if you had to play them outside, would that be an improvement?
2: I mean, it couldn't be a downgrade. Like sitting here right now, there's no way I could say that the team gets worse just at the same time this coaching staff the Chiefs have right now have made it very clear that they see specific skill sets or physical dimensions as a slot corner only. They've talked about it with Kendall Fuller who did play outside last year and was not bad in doing so. It's just his skill set doesn't match up with most outside corners and where they succeed in the NFL right now. So bringing in another guy that fits that same mold for this particular coaching staff may not make a ton of sense. Now, I think it. Ele- I think it would elevate the even just the starting cornerbacks talent pool on the Chiefs. If you bring in Jordan Lewis Brown, you bring in either one, they'd be one of your three best cornerbacks. It's just I don't know if this coaching staff is going to play two guys that they see as slot cornerbacks on the outside.
3: And I think that uh, Jordan Lewis is a definite slot corner. Like I, I don't think that you can really play him anywhere else. I think Anthony Brown maybe, maybe can kick outside. He's got the speed. Um, he's he's 5'11". He's not like, you know, short. He's not super short or anything like that. I I would be curious in him if he came free, if they saw him as a boundary corner. But Matt's right. Like, they're, they're not trying to just put their best three corners out there. You know, the best two corners out there in the base thereby kicking Kendall Fuller to the outside. They, they want him to play in the slot. So you have to have somebody that's really going to be an upgrade over Charvarius Ward or Bashad Breland to move the needle there, and I don't know that either one of those guys will be on the outside.
1: Guys, you're not wrong at all. And like I even mentioned in the article, the problem is... There's really, like, even the available or potentially available cornerbacks, if you really look at it, and just, like, it's slot guys. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. The problem is, even if you're trying to upgrade the talent, the talent to be found is in the slot. And it's these smaller guys that potentially could become available. That's what's so concerning about this this, uh, this group and, and what you know they're going to be able to bring in. So you have to think about... As far as a talent and production standpoint, like Brown and Lewis might be of the of the smaller scale moves right now that uh, that have some kind of track record at at all, it's probably those two. As far as a talent is perspective, a, a talent perspective, there's two other guys though that maybe you could make a move for. And I want to start And and honestly, neither of these guys excite me. I don't know how much they move the needle, especially for this one. Trey Waynes, you would have to pay to acquire him. You would have to pay $9 million and give away an asset to take Trey Waynes off of Minnesota's books. So I will ask Maddie this question straight up. Maddie, 2021 seventh round pick, or 2021 sixth or fifth round pick, one of those day three selections. Do you give it up to have Trey Waynes and pay him $9.5 million this year to be one of your cornerbacks?
2: Those useless selections at the end of day three, you mean?
1: Yes, okay. sure. Um, Fine. Yeah,
2: I At this point in time, I would. I've been pretty vocal about not wanting Trey Waynes. I do not think that he has been a good cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings. He has not been good. He's entering year five, and he slightly turned a corner last year, according to some numbers and some Vikings fans. Just, I don't see it. I don't think he's been a very good player. He's got a ton of physical talent. like There's raw potential, but when you've gone three, four years in the NFL and it's really not starting to hedge its way out, I get a little nervous. That said, the Chiefs' cornerback room scares me to the point to where I think it might be bad enough to cost a team that otherwise should be competing for the Super Bowl. I think the cornerback room is that bad. So if I'm only giving up a sixth, seventh-round pick and I have to pay Trey Wayne's $9 million, $9.5 million and I have that money like the Chiefs do currently, then yeah, I think I would do it. It would at least show me that the Chiefs are trying. I think that's kind of been my big issue so far with the Chiefs at the cornerback position. They aren't really trying, or they haven't. I know they've brought in guys and done their research on some draft picks, but here's the thing. Brett Veach is an aggressive GM. If he wants something, he goes and gets it. See Frank Clark, Anthony Hitchens, Sam Lawrence. If Brett Veach wants it, he's going to get it, He obviously has not wanted a cornerback in any capacity that much or if they would be a Kansas City Chief right now. The lack of trying, the lack of bringing in high-end talent to play cornerback for the Chiefs is kind of angering at this point in time when you see the roster. So, yeah, Trey Waynes may not be good yet, and he still may not be good for $9.5 million, but at least they're trying something. They're trying to get better at the position. They're not just relying on scrap heap players like they have the last two years.
3: See, I think we're, we're missing one scenario. Um, what about the Vikings giving the Chiefs a pick to take that contract off their I, I books? Mean,
1: that's kind of like... I mean, it's not going to cost much of anything to get, to get him. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Maybe this is your Cam Irving scenario, Craig. <laughs> Listen, Maybe. I've seen some clips of Cam Irving
2: playing tackle wow, we should be giving somebody something to take him (laughs) off of our team. So this trade might be mutually beneficial to everybody. Get healthy,
3: Mitchell Schwartz. Get healthy. Now, Trey Waynes, I I liked him coming out. I thought that he was a good press man corner back when the Chiefs were a very press-heavy team. Steve Spagnuolo is not going to be as press-heavy. Steve Spagnuolo is going to ask his cornerbacks to play a lot more in space. That's not Trey Wayne's strength, just like it's not Charvarius Ward's strength. So I don't know that that's an upgrade. But Bashad Breeland's going to be better at that than either one of those two guys. I think if you get him, yeah, there's more raw talent, but I don't think that that solves anything on the outside other than kicking a guy who's not going to be the most comfortable fit in this scheme to CB4 for another guy who's going to be not a real comfortable fit in this scheme.
1: We've got one more corner I want to address and we got a few other things we're going to talk about after this break.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com
1: Guys, we have one more cornerback I wrote about this weekend. or This week, sorry. And I, don't, I didn't even like writing about it, frankly. Uh, but I had to because I'm trying to look at this from a practical standpoint and say, who's actually willing to give up a cornerback right now? And you know who's on the who's running the risk of not making the team or being worth the investment of a team to try to develop. There's one more guy. That's Artie Burns, who's already had his fifth year rejected by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's currently going to make two million dollars. So you could give up like a conditional twenty twenty one seventh round pick for him, or just wait to see if he gets cut, which he probably will. But this guy it's not improving the cornerback position. It's really not. What it is is a desperation heave to hope that maybe you can land with the skill set that he has, with the athletic profile he has, and maybe the change of scenery is what winds up helping him do something with with the talents and abilities that he has, the physical traits that he has. Because, I mean, I, I don't see it with him, and I'm not excited about if they make the move, but it's a desperation move to at least take a swing uh, of of desperation, Maddie.
2: Artie Burns is a poor man's Trey Waynes. Like, yeah, you're paying him (laughs) like such, but he is literally a poor man's version of Trey Waynes. He is a pure man to man corner that went to a zone heavy team when Pittsburgh got him. And that's why 90% of the clips you see of Artie Burns are him getting roasted because he is not a zone corner whatsoever. Trey Waynes has started to show at least some signs of reaching his physical potential, Artie Burns has not, especially when he's not playing in man-to-man coverage. So, yeah, if you're looking to add a player of that general skill set and you want to pay them less, Artie Burns makes sense. But if you're trying to field a better cornerback, Artie Burns has no business being on the Chiefs roster in any way, shape, or form.
3: Yeah, um, I'm going to say the joke that I'm sure everybody has already said in Pittsburgh. He's more like Artie Burnt because he gets burnt <laughs> all the time oh so good Craig in reality yeah. the reason that
1: Chiefs fans
2: don't talk about Artie Burns at all is because the only time Chiefs fans see Artie Burns is getting smoked by Tyree Kill I'm sure if you asked other teams <laughs> fan bases they would tell you Artie Burns isn't good but they would maybe come back with some semi-redeeming quality about him but as Chiefs fans we mostly watch Artie Burns playing the Chiefs and Tyree Kill has beaten him every single time they played and he's beaten him badly like, Artie Burns has not played good against the Chiefs at all. So we kind of already have this skewed image. But on top of that, when you do watch him against other teams, he just simply doesn't have it, as they say.
3: Yeah, he doesn't. And he's not – the The problem with Artie Burns that coming out was that he didn't care sometimes. He took a bunch of reps off and stuff like that. Guess what? That's gotten worse in the NFL. Now, Granted, it's Pittsburgh, but – Unless you're expecting to turn around his entire mentality and rediscover something that he's never shown in the NFL, he's not worth anything to the Chiefs.
1: And, I mean, looking, I mean, these are the four guys. I literally looked at every team and tried to come up with some relatively realistic guys that, that some teams might be willing to part with at this point. Because you want four corners if you can. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not many teams that have five Relatively respectable corner. So, what's going to wind up happening? I think is you're either going to have to make a big swing on with with big assets to try to acquire a cornerback. You're gonna or you're gonna wait till the trade dead, trade deadline, or uh, or both. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but also, I mean, I think what you're looking at is another Charvarius Ward move before it's all said and done. And here's the thing: for what. Bob Sutton wanted? I think the Chiefs being able to trade Parker Anger for Charvarius Ward was was a good deal. Honestly, I think, you know, that's 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 solid. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if Charvarius makes very much sense uh, with what Spags wants, but maybe Brett Veach is able to do the Spag or the the Spag's version of what they did with with Charvarius Ward and give up nothing or next to nothing and acquire a guy that can at least you know maybe potentially see the field maybe uh in in this situation it shouldn't be too hard to see the field so i think that's it there's not a ton of exciting moves that she's can make right now who knows what's up with mo claiborne
3: uh craig what do you have anything to add to that i i do uh one of the things like we talk a lot about how they need to add a boundary corner. One of the things that Steve Spagnola was adamant about this week is that they needed a backup nickel corner. Like He said that multiple times. I think all of us, myself included, thought that Mark Fields was going to be competing at that nickel corner spot. Now, I know he's been getting some reps outside, and maybe that's where they envision him. But I think that everywhere that he's played in Clemson, everywhere that he played the Senior Bowl, everything that we saw him do, he was a nickel corner. So... If you are expecting Mark Fields to be that guy, be that backup nickel corner, I think Steve Spagnolo's telling you that he ain't it.
1: Which I find interesting.
3: I mean, and so I mean,
1: and so you just kind of got to – I think you got to take everything that they say about Mark Fields with a grain of salt potentially.
3: Right. Because but, I mean, that be- means they need another guy. Like, we're talking about all these boundary guys. He's still looking for a backup nickel that he yeah, needs to find as w- well.
1: Yeah, but, Craig, I, I don't even – I'm not worried about backup nickels when I'm worried about <laughs> starting boundary. Like yeah, saying, when that's what I'm
2: worried about my two starting outside corners, my backup nickel when I have a tired Matthew is the farthest thing from my mind. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah.
1: Just saying. That's no, no, I know. I, I thought that was
2: interesting too. And Mark Fields has only I have been to camp, but I've seen a few clips, I've heard people talk about him for the most part he seems like he's playing as good as any other corner the Chiefs have in camp. So He's played well. Yeah, so the issue is very much quite possibly, like we've said all along, not with his talent and not with his ability on the field. If he's not ready to be a backup nickel, it's going to be between the ears or something with his mentality. That said, maybe they do view him as a boundary guy. Maybe it's possible that they think that even though he's undersized, he's going to be better boundary corner than he's going to be a slot corner. I don't know. But yeah, they are looking in the market for a backup nickel corner, and they should be in the market for two outside corners.
1: Well, good news, Maddie, because Michael Hunter has signed, and uh, things are really starting to look up. I led the show up. with that. I know, so I mean, it's fixed. We're, The whole the, thing's it, fixed. It's fixed, guys. Uh,
2: Did you do I, know that Spagnola was there with the Giants when he first signed with the Giants?
1: Oh well, that makes all the sense in the world now. He's a familiar guy. That's our first
3: guy. guy. That's our first guy. That's a familiar guy. From Spag's past, that's a player. That's the first guy that they brought in on this defense.
2: Breaking news, Trey Boston has signed a one-year $3 million deal with the Carolina Panthers.
3: Oh, interesting. This late in the process again. Wow. He was a Carolina. Didn't he get drafted by the
2: Panthers? Yes, he was there. He was not as good with them as he has been the last two years.
3: Other breaking news, Pat Mahomes is the number four player in the NFL Top 100. What? Yep. Absolutely, what? yeah. Maybe. Patrick, Levan, mahomes that, That's the buy, very same.
2: I could buy number two, but number four? This number is four. disgusting.
1: They're gonna put. <laughs> are they gonna put? Are they gonna put? Throwing into the flat, Tom Brady, in the top three. Listen, Kit. Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes. No. Timeout, I Matthew. I don't no. know if
2: you watched Tom Brady versus the Chiefs, but he was completing 10-yard passes after 10-yard pass after 10-yard pass.
1: It took him four quarters. <laughs> he waited until the overtime to do it to throw to a wide-open Julian Edelman. He I tell you what. On no. Barry. No. This is disgusting. Tom Brady threw a ball up over Steve Nelson. Easily to, done. It. And, and, and he couldn't make a play of the ball. Reggie Ragland intercepted him. Tom that Brady. was the play of the half oh, for wait, the wait, Chiefs. Wait, 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 don't, Tom Brady, the, the
2: half for the Chiefs.
1: Tom Brady did not do, could not hold a candle to what Pat Mahomes did that
2: game. My favorite part about this is that Ugh. if Tom Brady's above him and Aaron Donald's above him, who's the third guy? Because that's where your slander should be directed. Brady like has, has Russell Wilson. Has Russell Wilson gone it's yet? Probably please. There you go. Rant on that one, Kent. If that's what Brady got, rant on Drew Brees.
3: We got backslash. We got Tom Brady rants. Uh, we don't need Drew Brees rants. We've had Drew Brees rants on the podcast many, it's, many times.
2: Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes are worth debating. Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes aren't.
1: The only thing, the mm, Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees are ahead of Patrick Mahomes because they're both 40 and they've been in the league. That's it.
3: I I, I I told I,
1: myself, I don't care about this NFL Top 100 list. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's stupid. I've always thought it was stupid. But good God, this is ridiculous.
2: No, 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 no. Todd Gurley was number five on the NFL Top 100, so I think we can crumble this entire list up and throw it out. I believe I, that David Carr came up
3: with this on his own. I, oh. I hope that Aaron Donald's number one. Just cause. He
1: should be. No, it's he gonna be. be it's gonna be Tom Brady for throwing a ball over Stephen Nelson's head and him not turning him around. Todd and throwing Gurley. a wide and, and Julian Edelman short motioning into a stack and running down the middle of the field because the Chiefs can't get a banjo call right.
2: Todd Gurley. Oh my god. Todd Tom's Gurley Tom's so
1: good. Mm. Hey, I I'm got a bad news they for had you. To, they had to sit on the football all game because they were afraid of Tom Brady losing him the football Pete, game in I mean the, the AFC Championship game. I you to cut out the game. last
2: 25 minutes of Kent ranting because Tom Brady actually came in sixth on the NFL's top 100 list. So this <laughs> entire podcast is 100% trash cannibal.
1: <laughs> no, he did it.
2: No, he did So that still means there's three other players ahead of Pat, and one of them is not Tom Brady. <laughs>
3: Let's talk about the other thing that kind of is being bounced around this week. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus was at Chiefs camp this week. He he was there to discuss Tyreek Hill's deal. Uh, Adam Schefter even said it. That would indicate that it's close. Drew Rosenhaus isn't flying to Kansas City to sit with these guys to not be close. Like They could do that sort of stuff over the phone. But there's also been... Maybe, you know, a lot of questions about Chris Jones getting signed as well. I kind of sat down. I put some stuff together and I looked at the average salaries for all of these players in the NFL. Right now, there are three teams that have three players in the top 50 in average salary. One of them is Oakland. They're terrible. Another one is Cleveland who we know has been overpaying a bunch of players. And the other one is New Orleans, who is just always immediately up against the cap. Always. Always. So everybody else in the NFL has two or less. If you sign Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes, as well as having Frank Clark, you got four in the top 50. That's not done. Teams don't do that. So... Somebody, something's got to give here. So if you're saying we gotta sign Tyreek Hill, we gotta sign Patrick Mahomes, we gotta sign Chris Jones, as well as having Frank Clark, that's rough. Like that makes you have like zero money if if that's what it's coming to. Craig, I blacked out a little bit being
1: angry tweeting through this whole (laughs) Mahomes thing. Did you talk about the Mike Thomas contract yet?
3: I have not talked about the Mike Thomas contract.
1: You hit that. Okay, Mike Thomas is now a 100 million dollar receiver over 5 years. So, the, the price tag for the receiver be that. Yeah, right. So the price tag for the receiver position just went up. So mm-hmm. the Chiefs wanted to sign Chris Jones to a Grady Jarrett-ish contract, which was sitting around 17 million dollars I believe. Pat Tyreek Hill, and you know, I think they were probably hoping to get him around the Odell Beckham figure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 numbers are are starting to get even tighter now because if 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 you've got a if you've got a one up Mike Thomas's contract or pay right at Mike Thomas's contract that's eating into I mean that's eating into what you were going to try to you know try to sign you know Chris Jones
3: for sure it, it it's tough it's become significantly tougher now and to put a couple numbers to it because I I did this and granted you can structure contracts in any way yes I know that and I realize that they can move money around and teams figure this out but Here's the thing. If you structure Tyreek Hill, extend him this offseason, pay him exactly like Odell Beckham Jr. If you pay Chris Jones exactly like Frank Clark, and then next year you extend Patrick Mahomes with just a fraction above Russell Wilson, not this $40 $40 million a year number that we keep hearing this offseason that he probably will get. If you give him just a fraction above what Russell Wilson, you signed all those guys, you have to cut Sammy Watkins and you have to cut Eric Fisher to have $2 million in cap space next year. Jeez. And you, <laughs> and you have to go get a left tackle. You don't get to play in free agency, and you still don't have any cornerbacks. Like the the situation's <laughs> still there.
1: Yeah, uh, that's that's not pretty. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's a challenge. And like, I mean, I think we you know we talked about this. Like, it, it do they sign both? I it, I know that there's some people out there saying that both are close and they're gonna have them done soon, but. I mean, it's 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 kind of daunting right now, right? I mean,
2: if they want to get both done, they can get both done. It's the NFL. You can make it work, and if you're mm-hmm. willing to not have to go spend money on any position in free agency next year, like real money, and if you're willing to not restructure Sammy Watkins unless he's going to give you the most team-friendly of deals in the entire world, then you can pull it off. You can side both of them. Maybe you get lucky and one of them will sh- give you a very friendly structure. I'm not sure. Like You can make it work if you want both. You're just limiting yourself to only improving your team through the draft. And at this point in time, I would be very scared if the Chiefs' plan was to only improve their team through the draft.
3: Here's the other part. The next year after that, when you had $2 million in cap space, you only had seven the year after that. So it's not like it's a year you have to get through. That's two years where you can't play in free agency at all, you have to rely on Brett Veach to nail the draft. Absolutely nail the draft and have a bunch of guys on the roster produce at starter level. I, that's they've got a ton of guys on one-year contracts right now. This is the final year for a lot of guys. They're losing a lot of players next year. So that's just it's unrealistic to think of it that way. They either have to get supremely creative or with the structure of these contracts, which is hard to do if you're guaranteeing big signing bonuses, or you've got to skip out on one of them,
1: right? And and I mean, obviously, I think there's some moves that they can make to free up some some cap space moving forward. And I obviously there is, but mm-hmm. it's still you're still you're still running into issues, and it's still I mean, it, it, there's still some gymnastics you're going to have to do, and it's more gymnastics than you might want to. Yes, there, there is ways to manipulate the salary cap, and there's there's things you can do, but it's it doesn't mean you can just like it doesn't mean you can just do anything you want either. Some people make it sound super simplistic. There's still <laughs> some rules you have to play in. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a challenge if they are if they do wind up signing both of them.
3: And they could. I, we're not saying that they can't. But no, it just, no, no. It just gets real tough to do some other stuff after that.
1: And they've got other issues too. I mean, I think honestly, like I feel like I I feel like I would let really like Chris Jones play out this year, see if Colin Saunders develops, see what happens with the interior pass rush, see you know what you're able to piece together this year with him, and then go from there. Because you know if if you can trust some of the guys that you have carried over, if Breland Speaks shows a little bit, if Colin Saunders shows a little bit, maybe you feel like you can flip Chris Jones for extra picks. You know, something like that.
3: Maybe. I, uh, maybe. The, the part that I always keep coming back to is uh, $20 million for Chris Jones. If Chris Jones has an Aaron Donald year, what's his price tag? $22, $23 million? Sure. Um, the wide receiver contracts keep going up. Tyreek Hill might legitimately be $25 million next year okay what well think about it what julio jones is going to get paid is julio jones going to get paid less than michael thomas no is amari amari cooper is going to be in there i think amari cooper makes less than michael thomas i don't know personally it's the cowboys who knows like they could offer him a lot of money and then julio just sits and waits out the all these contracts and signs a giant one then tyree kills even more expensive yeah. I mean, I I you you're not
1: wrong, man. I mean, it could happen, I guess. I just that's just that's 25 seems
3: scary. Know. 20 scary seemed big. scary 2 years ago. So
1: I mean, 25 that's like Derek Carr money, man. <laughs> oh, well,
2: eight. dang. Let's give him 26 easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh I'm sorry for venting about something that didn't actually happen. <laughs>
2: So, <laughs> this is hands down my favorite well, segment of the podcast that has ever occurred.
1: Craig, you're going to be out at training camp if it happens, but you're going to be recording some podcasts up there. This week, absolutely,
3: and if uh, it rains out both days, well, we just enjoy the time off, guys. <laughs> we'll, we'll. Pre- you just can break down what you think would have happened. Uh, I can, I can be hypothetical. I can sit there. I know. Oh, I know you the, can. The cornerbacks were awful today. I didn't see them, but they were <laughs> awful.
1: <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We will catch you later. Is it Russell Wilson? I don't know. This is ridiculous. Where were we?
3: Tom Brady!